Hi, Leonid. How are you doing? Uh, good evening. I'm fine. Good thank evening. you. Very good. This is great to have you here today. And uh, I, I'm, I'm feeling very uh, honored that uh, a renowned journalist from Russia is joining us. Uh, thank you. I think it will be interesting discussion. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself for our viewers? Okay. Yeah, please. Should I my by yeah. myself to introduce? Yeah, yeah. A little bit about you. What you do? Okay. Uh, I think that some uh, yes, some Pakistanis uh, already familiar with my activity because I was uh, about nine times in your country. Uh, I must to say that I like Pakistan and I like Pakistani people a lot and I hope I will visit next time more and more and uh, so I am political analyst I am a, a geopolitical uh, scholar I am doing research uh, about Eurasian integration about conflicts uh, I have uh, many books about these issues in Russian language, in English language, also in Farsi, in Italian, in Spanish language. And uh, now I am working on book about uh, war in uh, East Pakistan in 1971. And it will be uh, ready in spring next year. So it's dedicated to 50 years of this event. Okay. That's, so that's... I am focused on on many issues, on politics, on history, on religion, and uh, of course uh, I am interested to promote relations between our countries. And Russia should be more represented in Pakistan, and uh, Pakistan should be more represented in Russia. That's that's great. I was uh, uh, watching on. Uh... Yeah, I, I was going through uh, your uh, Facebook page and you, uh, the cover photo, you are sitting somewhere in Pakistan and writing some comments and behind you there is a board which reflects that the, it is some army facility kind of area because there are names with the... It's Commandant Staff College in Kveta. It's oh, a okay. very famous place for Pakistani military. I was invited uh, to bring a lecture about hybrid warfare. Uh, so I was there to discuss it with uh, generals, with officers, with students, and it uh, was very interesting uh, time That's... in college. So I'll also talk about different issues, about security problems, and to visit some museums in Kveta cantonment. So it was interesting. It was in yeah. March this year. That's that's uh, very uh, good to know that uh, Pakistan. It uh, and it reflects that Pakistan and Russia are become, uh, coming closer, and there are something good going on. Yes, I think we should to cooperate more closely uh, because it's uh, we have a joint uh, shared common destiny. We live in one land mass that we call it like Eurasia and of course in uh, uh, history we have some conflicts but it's uh, I think it's normal 
so many different yeah, nations and then people to fight to each other sometimes uh, sometimes political decision uh, was done not well uh, sometimes it's because of reality but now we see that uh, uh, emerging new political world order and we should do more close to each other for many issues yeah. in economics and politics and security reasons i agree it, it happens and we have I guess you are absolutely right. We should move on. And now we are living in a global village and everyone is very much connected with the other one. So yes, uh, I agree with you. And I was, as, as the topic of today, uh, I was very interested to see uh, Iran, Afghanistan, Pakistan through a Russian eye. How Russia uh, thinks about this region and how, how they uh, what they are thinking, what they are planning, what associations they are looking to build, what kind of cooperation they uh, see in future with these countries. And of course, as I am very interested in the Sufis, so I would love to hear, if, if uh, you know something about the Russian Sufis, I would love to hear about it. Yes, we can to see on this region from different points of view. Uh, for example, in uh, times of Russian Empire, we have uh, one position uh, for this region. Uh, during the Soviet times uh, in 20th century, we have another outlook. And now we have uh, a totally different situation. But uh, historically, it's very interesting that, uh, uh, for example, uh, Ind civilization or uh, Persian civilization was kind of cradle uh, for many uh, cultural activity for many ethnic groups and uh, for example the Persian Empire is, was kind of prototype for most empires in the world it uh, was very large and was very big and uh, other kings and rulers just tried to copy past uh, idea of Persian Empire and uh, Alexander the Great also try to build our own empire after fighting with the Shah uh, Shah of Persian Empire and so on. It's uh, for only from historical point of view. Uh, from religious point of view, it's also it's very interesting because, uh, uh, for example, Islamic philosophy uh, was born mostly in uh, Persia, in Iran, also in Afghanistan, and uh, uh, many Sufi orders also uh, uh, generated and uh, developed in this area, in uh, Iran, in Afghanistan, if we speak about uh, contemporary borders. And of course, uh, uh, many groups of uh, uh, Sufis and uh, uh, not Sufis only, some just, just movement of the people come to uh, Ind Valley, and I mean, territory of contemporary uh, Pakistan. Uh, so in some sense, it's uh, kind of one area, it's mixed area with very interesting uh, history, uh, with uh, real spiritual goals that uh, may be uh, used like experience for other nations. And we see that in some Central Asian countries, uh, people also were very influenced of these ideas uh, from Islamic philosophy, Sufi uh, ideas, and uh, also it was connected to each other. And uh, even in Russia, because we have uh, many people with uh, Turk origin, for example, uh, 
uh, with origin of people from Central Asia, on Mayan casters uh, somewhere from uh, Western Turkestan. It's a uh, uh, clan that label it like bear. It's uh, still exist in uh, Kazakhstan, is in Turkmenistan contemporary and uh, ruler of Egypt, Bibars, was from the same clan. So we have some something common uh, in our destiny. Of course, in Russia also the Sufi orders, uh, they existed from uh, 12th century, I think, mostly in uh, North Caucasus, but also in Volga region and in Siberia. Uh, many Sufi orders uh, were in 19th century. Uh, then, after revolution and during the uh, Soviet times, there was not uh, so good time for any religions in Soviet Union, uh, but they still existed and uh, mostly uh, presented in the same place. It's in Tatar Republic and uh, Bashkortostan, it's, uh, Volga region, and also in North Caucasus, uh, the mosque now. Uh, Sufi orders, uh, Nakhshbandiya and uh, Kadiriya, but yeah. also uh, Yesaviya order uh, was in Volga region and in Siberia. But it was interesting that the end of 19th century uh, adepts of Yesaviya were uh, pushed off uh, by adepts of Nakhshbandiya. I don't know uh, which this idea was influenced and adopted, but it is historical facts. And uh, now we have about uh, 16 uh, Sufi orders in Russia, uh, mostly Kadriya, Nakhshbandiya, and uh, also one order of uh, Iranian origin, Nematullahiya. Mm. Not many people, maybe a few hundred people of uh, Nematullahiya presented in Russia. Uh, but it's interesting that uh, during the uh, changes in the uh, 90s, about 30 years ago, uh, there was kind of religion freedom, so it was time to adopt many ideas from different countries and different regions. But the most uh, conservative uh, Sufi orders are located in North Caucasus, in the Republic of Dagestan, in the Republic of Chechnya, and uh, uh, another republic close to this places republic Ingushetia also yeah. i i visited russia a few years back i guess two three years back and i i visited that mosque in moscow which was newly immigrated by a turk president are you listening me yes is, is yes yes I was I was just sharing that I have uh, visited uh, Moscow few few years back, and I visited the mosque there. It was newly built and inaugurated by the Turkish president. Yes, yes, it, it was happening in Russia. Yes. Yeah, it was uh, inauguration of uh, new mosque. Yeah, and uh, how do you see the situation in Afghanistan right now? What do you think? What is going on? that peace is taking place or the chaos is there, still there? I think that our decision maker, politicians, uh, have not understand uh, 
uh, what happens uh, there. Yes, of course, they try to do kind of peace building and to start negotiation and to involve Taliban into the peace process, but they have not a full image uh, what happens there. Because I heard from some friends from Afghanistan about problems, about what happens, about ethnic uh, divisions, uh, for example, Tajiks and different groups, uh, about uh, religion divisions, I mean, the difference between uh, Shia and Sunni Muslims and the uh, vision of Taliban, how they influence, what they doing. And uh, official position is, yes, to continue a process, uh, but uh, I am afraid there is no full understanding what to do. Our and, uh, decision making just try try to promote and uh, to see what happens. How you Russian think uh, if uh, Trump is not going to win the elections, then this peace process will still go on. Do you think so? In Afghanistan, I, I think yes, because uh, it's not only Trump and American people are already tired because of war, because of uh, military expenditure and uh, involvement in different conflicts. It's like a kind of swamp, it's like a second Vietnam for United States. They involved yeah. for about 20 years in this war and no, no any result. Because yeah. then in, in Congress, they to shoot and uh, to check and uh, to bring uh, some kind of fruits of this war, but there is no any, any fruits and there is no any uh, good proposals how to resolve this crisis. How, so you maybe, see the role of, yeah. how you see the role of Iran in Afghanistan? Iran oh, is a Iran? Yeah. Yes, uh, from point of view of greater Iran, they see like kind of uh, some uh, area of own interests it's uh, it's normal and uh, from point of view of political realism every state a look on uh, borders like a zone of own interests it's not exactly like, like uh, zone to be occupied but uh, a zone for cooperation and uh, uh, for different projects in economical sense and political and religious and of course and uh, uh, Iranians support some uh, Shia groups in Afghanistan and uh, to provide uh, financial assistance, it's not secret. And uh, they would like to have a stable political partner in Afghanistan. And, and now they are having good ties with Taliban as well. Yes, they have ties, now but Iran I is think... I think uh, many countries now have good ties with Taliban. Emirates and Qatar, they all invite uh, uh, pre representative of Taliban for negotiation, uh, uh, to discussions uh, for kind of business opportunity. So it's uh, a game changer in some sense. Yeah. It is, it is. Uh, but uh, do you think that Taliban comfortable with uh, Iran are equally acceptable for Arab countries, especially Saudi Arabia and others? I think that uh, Taliban, Taliban will be comfortable with any actor uh, who support uh, idea uh, promoted by Taliban. Because Taliban not built uh, uh, some kind of new hybrid state like uh, Daesh tried to do in Syria and Iraq. 
Taliban looking on Afghanistan only. They not try to expand our ideas uh, behind the nation state of Afghanistan. So I think there is no problem. Yeah. And uh, what about future of Iran? How you see that? We see that now conservative uh, again get majority. Uh, from my opinion, it's better than uh, liberals because uh, for last uh, two terms, uh, liberals uh, represented Iran, and we see the many problems started in economics and political process uh, again and joint uh, plan about uh, nuclear program. Uh, started during the rule of liberals, uh, so maybe uh, conservatives uh, will bring back uh, the agenda uh, that was during the times of Mahmoud Ahmadinejad or maybe something else. Uh, I don't know, but uh, for democracy it's normal that uh, one party come out, another party come in and they try to sit in opposition and uh, to discuss uh, for many issues. It's normal. The uh, problem is that the uh, United States and the West try to push on Iran and try to demonize Iran and try to uh, undermine uh, sovereignty of this country. Problem so as, for, as, for Iran only. As USA tries to push Iran, does it make Iran a genuine ally of Russia? Uh, we have uh, many projects. Uh, we are cooperate with Iran and uh, recently discussed uh, trade agreement uh, for free trade zone and uh, Iran interested in uh, project of Eurasian Economic Union. I think it's very good. Uh, we uh, have uh, border only through Caspian Sea, for example. So it's our neighbor country in the sense of geography and in sense of uh, uh, regional geopolitics, yes, we need uh, to cooperate to each other. We should be more closer to each other in security sense, uh, because during the uh, separatism war in uh, North Caucasus, Iran uh, helped to Russia to fight terrorism there, and the, we have agreement uh, in intelligence, security, and we see the uh, same terrorist group attack uh, Russia, attack Iran, I mean some kind of Wahhabi terrorist groups. Uh, so uh, we have uh, the same point of view of many problems in the region. And I guess uh, you had uh, a very good tie with Iran in Syria as well. You both were supporting the present Syrian government in the uh, in the Yes, recent... of course. Yes. We have a joint agreement uh, yes, uh, yeah. uh, to fight terrorism in Syria. We have also a joint agreement with uh, Iraq, uh, some kind of for, uh, exchange of information uh, for stability and for securitization of the region. And uh, we have good relation with Lebanese Hezbollah, for example. Also. It's uh, many uh, talk about that Hezbollah is a uh, proxy of Iran, but uh, Hezbollah represented by uh, Lebanese mostly. Of course, there are some religious ties because both are uh, Shia 
uh, Hezbollah and uh, Iran supports Hezbollah because of religious reasons, but uh, from point of view of uh, sovereignty of Syria, uh, we uh, joined our efforts. Problem is that United States still there in Syria. Uh, yeah, it's it's viewpoint, uh, and uh, they say that uh, the problem was uh, Russian and Iranian support to Bashar regime, uh, Assad regime. And uh, what do you think about Daesh? By the way, this new Daesh problem is spreading everywhere. I guess uh, Taliban and Afghan government is fighting against Daesh in Afghanistan. Uh, Iranian friends, they are upset with the Daesh presence in some of the Iranian areas. And I know that Pakistanis have concerns about Daesh that uh, they don't want Daesh to be uh, there in Pakistan as well. What do you think? How, that, how it emerged and how, how, how you see that Daesh problem? Uh, first of all, Daesh is very unique uh, terrorist organization. Not like, not like Al-Qaeda and not like any uh, terrorist groups uh, we know before. It's kind of uh, global uh, terrorism organization, first of all. Uh, they successfully engaged uh, many militants from different countries. They have excellent propaganda. Uh, they have uh, economic branches. They have special group of hacker activists. And for example, uh, they can to send uh, emissars to office of oil company somewhere in uh, UK and tell, okay, now we going to this place in Iraq. And just if you, uh, to save life of your people, just go out from there. If not, we go and to kill. So uh, they start uh, uh, activity from different points of view, like business, uh, like economics. Uh, on the territories under control of Daesh, they start to uh, get taxes uh, for our activity. Uh, they very interesting to investigate how they do, but uh, anyway, they are terrorist organization. So, uh, of course, uh, they also act like army. They have tanks and some uh, military vehicles and uh, not like uh, Al-Qaeda before. If uh, to compare yeah. with uh, powerful uh, criminal organizations. Uh, so, but now we see that uh, in Syria, uh, they are weak and uh, they are mostly problem of uh, pro-Turkish militants, I think, uh, on the north of Syria. And yes, uh, I am agree that uh, there is a uh, treat in Afghanistan. And uh, my contact in Afghanistan told me that uh, immediately Daesh emerged from nowhere, it's wide range, and uh, someone transported them. Uh, I think it's uh, maybe used only by helicopters and uh, probably at least uh, my Afghan contact told that the United States behind uh, these transportations and uh, they start to share propaganda in different areas, especially close to the north and uh, on the border of ex-Soviet republics, uh, Tajikistan, Uzbekistan. And so 
I think there is strategic idea to destabilize uh, this uh, place, this hub of Central Asia, and uh, to push, uh, to spread uh, these destructive ideas to Central Asian countries, Tajikistan and Uzbekistan. But, uh, for example, in, uh, not all these countries have powerful security system like in Russia. In Turkmenistan, there is uh, uh, not uh, organized well like uh, we have. Uh, I know it. In Tajikistan also. And there was some precedents uh, before of militant attacks and attempts to uh, do terroristic acts. So Daesh is also a point of concern for you as well. And, uh, what do you think about Pakistan and the economic growth of Pakistan? How Russia sees it? How you 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 analyze the economic growth of Pakistan, especially the CPEC, the new brand in Pakistan? Yes, uh, exactly. In Russia, not familiar with this project because there are not so many information and. Uh, uh, Russia more, more focused on other issues. Um, in our media, mostly talk about Nord Stream pipeline, for example, about relation with European countries, of course, about Ukraine, about uh, Belarus, and about Syria, in some sense. And uh, of course, about uh, uh, relations with the United States. It's uh, in top of our news, and uh, Pakistan, uh, uh, not covered by our media well. If talk about uh, economic situation, uh, probably you know that we have uh, uh, some problem with uh, debt and uh, from Soviet times. And yeah. this year, in the beginning of this year, we already signed uh, agreement mm. that Pakistan will pay this debt uh, to the Russia. After that, we start investment in Pakistan economics in different sectors, in energy sectors and research and so on. So I think it will be a good start. It's a big business. Uh, for small business, I think there is no problem for cooperation. And uh, uh, for Pakistani businessmen or for Russian businessmen who would like to start. Because there was a news a few years back that uh, President Putin was about to visit Pakistan and it was lightly finalized and then it was cancelled. I don't know whether it was there or not, but the news was there. I think it was fake news because I not heard about the uh, uh, idea of Mr. Putin to visit Pakistan. Maybe someone was would like to promote this idea and just to put into media. By the and way, this of is course, good. They, yes, of course, uh, uh, they met during the Shanghai Cooperation Organization Summit with uh, Prime Minister Imran Khan and discussed many issues. It's, uh, I think it was a good start uh, just to know more about Pakistan. Uh, you need uh, also taking attention that still Indian lobby is very powerful inside of Russia. Uh, first of all, there is uh, kind of inertia from the Soviet time because uh, yeah. during the uh, Soviet Union period we have good relations with India and uh, Pakistan was presented mostly like enemy because it was supported by United States and because of Afghan war we was in other camps from 
different sides of this problem. And uh, then uh, after terroristic attack in New York, you know what happened in Pakistan too. Also many problems. So uh, still image of Pakistan is uh, not so good like it is in reality. That's right. And of course, uh, now uh, I wonder if you still think that India is not an ally with America. India is a big partner with America now. Yes, yes, uh, we see uh, the cooperation. They have many agreements with United States and uh, not only with United States, also with Israel. Uh, for they have about, if I not wrong, more than 100 uh, military uh, joint projects with Israel. Yeah, for military, for yeah. intelligence, for different reasons. And as you you wrote, and, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Please carry on. And also, yes, India tried to buy more uh, American weapon systems, and uh, there are some kind of uh, hard discussions uh, with the Russian side about uh, contract for Russian weapon systems. And uh, India try to play um, kind of dirty game for, from my point of view. Hmm. That's right. I was looking at the list of a few of your books you have written like more than 50 books you have contributed in and you have written it authored it uh, it is very interesting to know that you have written two books on zionists yes it, it seems was like written. it seems like written we yeah your area of interest uh it was written uh, because of request of uh, my radian friends and uh, they should uh, translate it into Persian uh, language and they should it in Iran. Uh, first book about Zionist uh, and Israeli lobby in Russia, and second, uh, the same lobby in Eastern European countries. Uh, so, uh, because of uh, uh, many uh, Jews living and lived before in Russia, and uh, they try to influence. Uh, our government about more than 100 years. Uh, for example, uh, agreement about trade was denounced with the United States because of uh, Jewish lobby in the United States before revolution. And then uh, when Joseph Stalin supported idea to build independent uh, Israeli state in Palestine. They also promised it once since, but they start to cooperate with the United States. So we have no diplomatic relations with the uh, Zionist Israeli regime. And only when Soviet Union was broke, there was established official diplomatic relations. And of course, uh, when Soviet Union was broke, there was many different organizations from the West and from Israel who tried to influence uh, on Russian politics. And not only in Russia, also in Ukraine and many ex-Soviet republics. Uh, so it was kind of analysis how they do it, uh, what exactly they done, and uh, uh, some kind of cliches of these types of organization, different types. 
because there is Shabak, there is Posad, uh, there is uh, different Hasidic uh, Jewish organization. There, there are many, and there are different types of agenda, but anytime there is one general frame how they do it. And they still do it in Eastern and Central European countries. Of course, they Not have access. Yes, they still still in Russia. Yes, and uh, they have access to a huge capital. They can influence on economics. And for example, in Moscow, uh, billionaires and uh, big business owned uh, by Jews mostly. So they are still influential in Russia as well. Yes, yes. But uh, the most interesting example is Ukraine because uh, uh, they now in parliament they now in government the president is already have jewish origin mostly they control country it's very interesting case because uh, in ukraine was uh, two colored revolutions one in 2004 and second in 2014 and second one was uh, a classical coup d'etat and uh, President go out and uh, they start uh, to do very horrible things. For example, in Odessa, more than 100 uh, persons was burned alive uh, during the peaceful protest. They, because of this event, there was a revolt in Crimea and revolt in uh, uh, southeast region like Donbass and Lugansk. And Russia immediately supported Crimea, and then after referendum, Crimea back to Russia. So it was also kind of uh, fruits of these types of uh, colored revolutions. And we see who were involved: the West, the United States, and some Zionist groups too. That's a, that's interesting. That's interesting. Uh, because we don't have any official ties with Israel, so we don't have any access to them and their scholars. We are trying to build a bridge to understand what they uh, think and what they see things and how they see things. But this is interesting to know by you that uh, how they play and how they control economies, how they control countries. And, uh, and you don't know, and uh, for example, you have not access to Israeli decision makers or country of Israel, but they have it uh, in Pakistan. They sent our agents to Pakistan. It's uh, not especially, for example, citizens of Israel, but uh, uh, citizens of uh, Russia who work for Israeli intelligence. It's kind of norm uh, for Israel. Because many pro-Israeli Zionists inside of Russia usually use, use it for this kind of uh, uh, business and they do intelligence in your country. I am sure I, I know that I heard from one uh, guy. Uh, he is Jew. Uh, he lives in Russia, but he was many times in Pakistan, and he told uh, some facts that I really trust to him that he was there and. Uh, he is very active. Hmm. Interesting. This is really inter interesting. That, uh, and I guess this is how 
the whole intelligence war goes on as i am not expert on it my core focus will remain uh, around sufis and the countries and the problems which can affect sufi communities so coming back to pakistan iran and afghanistan what is the future of russia in these three countries uh, first of all uh, russia doing politics of non-interference it means that russia will not uh, uh, to push on agenda what to do in iran or in afghanistan or in pakistan russia interested to cooperate with uh, every country on bilateral level uh, because um, maybe there will be some contradictions between uh, afghanistan and iran between uh, iran and pakistan and pakistan and afghanistan for example uh, i know that some afghani politicians uh, not agree with uh, national borders with pakistan there is idea to take more territory from pakistan and so on uh, but uh, in sense of uh, regional integration from point of view of eurasian integration i think that uh, economic uh, union eurasian economic union promoted by russia may be a kind of good example how countries can to cooperate uh, on economical matters uh, then there is uh, belt and road project of china and it's uh, run through central asian countries and both pakistan iran and afghanistan also part of this project it's project of connection not integration but uh, in uh, strategic future i think that it may be organized kind of uh, regional integration on the source of eurasia from iran to pakistan and of course afghanistan may be involved and central asian countries will be kind of uh, uh, mixed approach because some uh, are members of eurasian economic union kyrgyzstan for example some are not uh, turkmenistan told that uh, never join any integration project uh, they have a neutrality status uh, for example but step by step and maybe there will be project with two countries with three countries there is shanghai cooperation organization uh, there is russian project of regional security and then it will be integrated and kind of uh, entity i don't know what kind of exactly but uh, we will see it depends of us all how we see it yeah. how we project it and uh, how we imagine it leonid there is an irrelevant question from the theme of this interview uh, there was a news that russia tried to play a role between India and China in the recent con conflict of Ladakh? Actually, Russia proposed uh, the role of uh, uh, mediator for different types of conflicts in regions. But as I know, India already refused this idea. They also refused idea uh, about uh, start negotiation between Pakistan and India like uh, conflict before in uh, February uh, 2019 
And I think that India have very own idea how to build regional security. They have idea of uh, Mandala state because India is center and they try to adopt neighbor countries to engage uh, into own sphere of influence. So Bangladesh, Nepal, Pakistan, even I met with some uh, Indians, they told me that uh, in, in 10 or 20 years, Pakistan will be part of India. Uh, so they have this ideas uh, till now. Uh, and I think when BGP will be in power and for next year, it's impossible for real good dialogue uh, with Indian state. Then I don't know, maybe some other party come to government and will be uh, more open for the peace process and for dialogue with all sides, with uh, Pakistan, are, with China. Are, yeah. There are many Pakistanis who are uh, thinking in, in the same way that in next 10, 20 years, India will be cut into pieces like an uh, every piece will be of uh, Sri Lankan size. So this is a wishful thinking from both sides. People are, uh, and there are many people who uh, love to see peaceful uh, relationship between country or among the countries. And uh, same, uh, like I, I am an admirer of Pakistan and Russian uh, diplomatic relations, people-to-people -people ties. I've been in Russia. I would love to host you next time whenever you come to Pakistan. Uh, thank you. Yes, uh, we need, of course, more uh, joint think tanks and uh, more discussions, more meetings with, uh, between scholars, between uh, artists and uh, politicians and so on. Uh, I see that some uh, Russians uh, and uh, there is also my friends uh, who visited Pakistan before uh, from academia. And uh, we have uh, idea of uh, kinds of projects with some Pakistani think tanks. I already invited uh, like uh, expert for some uh, think tanks in Pakistan. Uh, but it should be also done on strategic level. For example, till now, I know only one center in uh, Pakistani academia that deal with Russia. And uh, this is a center located in uh, uh, Peshawar University. Why not to build the, this type of center in uh, Islamabad in some university? Mm. Not especially for Russia, but uh, uh, about Eurasian integration, for example. And Russia should be included, uh, not exclusively for Russia, but maybe for all post-Soviet space. There are ma many cool ideas that uh, should be developed. And I will offer, uh, let's build a cooperation and let's start something on Sufi diplomacy. You have Sufis, we have Sufis. We share the cultures, we share the tra Sufi traditions. Uh, let's start with it. Uh, this is what my capacity is. So I would love to have uh, Sufi connections there in Russia. I would love to invite them in Pakistan. I would love to visit them in Russia and so on. Uh, hopefully this will uh, this will bring something good to both of our countries.
Yes, it will be a good idea, and especially because uh, uh, Sufis of our countries also suffered from uh, extremists, and uh, some terrorist groups uh, attack uh, mostly Sufis and uh, Shias and sometimes Christians. About uh, eight years ago, Sheikh Effendi, who was uh, the most honorable Sufi of Dagestan, was killed uh, by terrorists. Uh, so it's, uh, it's kind of a uh, bad side that uh, for both countries uh, but it's our joint joint problem we should to resolve and we should to promote uh, uh, some ideas how to uh, stop uh, violent propaganda for example uh, to share experience uh, between our countries uh, i am every year visit special uh, conference on counterterrorism in dagestan so I also bring ideas, I meet with uh, different people there. And of course, yes, uh, we have uh, some scholars and uh, who dealing with Islamic philosophy and of course uh, about Sufism and we will connect. Uh, yeah. I give you contacts and I think it will be also good start or special pro project for this type yeah. of the Sufi diplomacy. And it is uh, worth it, it. It it will be a worth project to do. And I was uh, just reading the list, and I come to know that uh, you wrote a book on culture, Eastern culture. If I'm not wrong, the culture of Russia. Russia exactly is more Asian than European. If speak yeah. about Russia, uh, so we are, I think more close to your own uh, cultural system. Because Pakistan is also a multicultural country. I was yeah. in uh, in uh, three regions in uh, Hiber Pakhtunva, in Pijab, mm. in Balochistan. I see this difference uh, mm. for some customs, some traditions. Uh, the same Russia. We have uh, many regions. Uh, we have many ethnic mm. groups, like in Pakistan, and most of part of Russia. Uh, from point of view of geography, Asian, and uh, mm. our habits are more Asian. We uh, got, uh, for example, idea of state from uh, Mongols uh, during mm. the medi medieval times, mm. from Mongols and from from also from Byzantine Empire, and Byzantine Empire yeah. for, for example for the Western uh, Roman culture also kind of uh, Eastern Christian. Uh, community they also look on uh, byzantine empire like some something strange uh, so we have more common than of course and even in pakistan i see that uh, uh, influence of european culture and uh, not only in pakistan and iran many countries because uh, for last uh, few hundred years was a west centric european centric uh, attempts to influence on, on the world so it's uh, influence that it have impact on all of us in in pakistan and british india especially because uh, peoples of pakistan were under british occupations russia not but we also influence our rulers uh, just going to the west and try to bring uh, technology from the west and try to bring european type of clothes and look like uh, Europeans and they try to think like Europeans, and I think it's not good. Good, 
and we should start kind of uh, decolonization of our own minds to build uh, more own uh, native now a native of philosophy uh, sociology on uh, uh, political philosophy and so on so now uh, let's come on the point where uh, what you are right now writing a book on the 71 incident when bangladesh was created and there was a war with india what are your findings well, first of all i think that uh, faiz ahmad faiz uh, was uh, the most uh, how to say uh, correct about this type of conflict uh, where will still not start but uh, there was crisis he told about that uh, both sides politician from west pakistan and uh, uh, sheikh rahman should to sit and to think about people, not about our um, emotions and our um, ambitions. And uh, I read many books and some of them titled like tragedy. So I think, yes, it was real tragedy uh, for all Pakistani people, both and uh, also uh, for Bangladesh people, because for example, the facts that Mukti Bakini killed uh, own compatriots because they use violence just to promote hate to the west pakistan but also historical facts and uh, how india interfered in uh, this conflict it's also uh, we should to remember what india would like to do and uh, to keep in mind what india done before this portuguese goa for example and so they can to do it in future again and again and of course uh, the situation when uh, the prominent politicians of east pakistan after independence of bangladesh were murdered in the coup and sheikh rahman was killed by the uh, his followers it's also a tragedy and after 50 years i think that uh, this experience should be research it and uh, uh, not only for this region and uh, in ukraine it was the same situation about five years ago uh, ethnic conflict and uh, uh, civil war and still they donbass and lugansk region uh, have minimal independence from ukraine so it may be repeated in uh, somewhere in Europe and uh, somewhere in South America, somewhere in Africa. So I think our politicians should to study and uh, to keep in mind about these types of problems. Because sometimes history can to be repeated. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And interestingly, you have, uh, you have uh, done a documentary in Pakistan. It is cross of Punjab. It is about the Orthodox Christian community in Pakistan. You have done it in 2019, right? Yes, of course. How was yes, the I feel documenting it in Pakistan? How you find the community here? What was your experience? It was... Yes, uh, my first documentary was done in Cuba. 
yeah. uh, in uh, 2011. It was about uh, activity of brigades of solidarity with Cuba. Mm. It was about 20 minutes and uh, I decided to do something about uh, Pakistan. Then uh, Ministry of Information Broadcast and uh, assisted me and, uh, with uh, contacts, uh, with cameraman. So it was uh, very comfortable to me uh, mm. go to Pakistan. It was in February uh, year ago. We have filmed much more, also in Taxila, in Lahore, some interviews and uh, different Christian denominations, not only about Orthodox Christians. So I have it in archive and I hope in the future it will be used. Also, it will be kind of documentary or programs about Pakistan. But first was uh, this uh, short documentary about uh, Orthodox Christians, because in Russia, people are mostly not now about yeah. Christians, uh, that they are in Pakistan, and uh, to promote uh, real pictures, uh, what happens. That's wonderful. And I hope to see you soon in Pakistan. Would love to host you and would love to work on uh, some common projects like Sufi diplomacy and the cultural exchange or uh, things like that. And I am really thankful that you have spared some time and uh, joined us for this session. Thank you. Yes, thank you, Pirmodasir, also for opportunity to be with you and uh, to present my point of view. And uh, yes, I, I hope uh, next time we can to discuss more interesting topics and hope to see you in Pakistan and uh, welcome to Russia, of course. Yeah, sure, inshallah. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Thank you, too. Mm -hmm.